On today's show, we're going to talk about some top prospects who are rising quickly through the Mets system and also give you an update on Kodai Senga's injury. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's show, I will break down the injury news on Kodai Senga in the first segment. Then in the second and third segments, we're going to talk about the top risers in the Mets farm system over the past year. So we'll spend a lot of time on Christian Scott and also if he can play a role in replacing Kodai Senga early on in the year. Then in the final segment, we'll look more into Jet Williams and also just touch on some names to watch in the farm system heading into 2024. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. They carry a moment more. New customers that join today will get $150 in bonus bets. Their first bet of $5 or more wins. As a fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, so we now know what happened with Kodai Senga. MRI was taken on Wednesday. It revealed a moderate right posterior capsule strain for Senga. Essentially, this is a strain to the back of his shoulder. According to David Stearns, if it was towards the front of his shoulder, if it was an interior capsule strain, that's the one that's more worrisome that might need surgery. This is not an issue that the Mets feel is going to lead to any type of surgery for Kodai Senga. So, in that sense, It's a sigh of relief. With that said, it's still time missed. The timetable. All they've said so far is Kodai Senga will miss opening day. And they also said, or David Stern said, that they expect him to make, quote, a bunch of starts. Now, what does a bunch mean? Is that 25 starts? Is that 20 starts? Is that 18 starts? We don't know. It all depends on how this rehab goes. He is going to take time. He's going to stop throwing. Wait till the shoulder is 100%. Then he begins his normal spring training routine from the beginning. Starts it all over. Not that he really got going much. Has to build himself all the way up to be able to pitch in an MLB game and go 100 and be able to, you know, give you length and all that other good stuff. So right now there is no set timetable of, oh, he will definitely be back by uh, May 1st. But I would say that is probably the most optimistic timetable you can put on this thing that you see him in May. And if it ends up in June, and June 1st, he is a full member of the Mets rotation, and he's healthy the rest of the year, that's even a good outcome, just considering the timing of this thing. I don't necessarily expect it to take that long, but you just don't know. Because in two weeks, he could throw again, oh, my shoulder's still balking, and they got to rest him for a month. And then the process starts all the way over again. So hopefully it's just a bump in in the road. Um, as David Stern said, it's just a speed bump here and they get him back and he's good to go in May and you have a, a relative full season of Kodai Senga. If you look at the Mets first 25 games, there are four days off in that first 25. The reason I mentioned that I think not only for Senga, the Mets would have wanted a six man rotation this year. I think they like the idea of being able to give Jose Quintana, Luis Severino, having those guys for Quintana who had an injury last year, who's getting older Severino 
has a real injury history to give them a blow and, and to allow them to, you know, really be at their best when they do go on the mound. The same thing could even go for a guy like Adrian Hauser or Tyler McGill that's been in a swingman role. Sean Manaya was a swingman last year. So having that time off is important. And I think the four off days in the first 25 games are big for the Mets to really space things out for those guys. And I imagine if all things break right from this point, that would be the hope for the New York Mets, that that group of five will take the first five turns in the rotation and then Sanga can rejoin them for the sixth turn. That, that's If you could line it up a perfect way right now, I think that's probably what the Mets would hope for. And then if all five of those guys are pitching well, Sanga goes in, you got a six-man rotation and you're rolling, but we know injuries still happen outside of just this one. Nothing is to say that those five guys are all going to be good come opening day. So the rest of the depth in camp is still going to be leaned on. That means Joey Lucchese and Jose Budo. That means Max Kranich, who they just picked up off waivers this offseason. And also, to a certain extent, that does mean the top prospects. Although David Stearns did caution against that. Basically said for Mike Vassell and Christian Scott, the two top prospects in the system right now when it comes to pitching, that the sort of guideline for their season at this stage was to get more seasoning in the minor leagues. And they're going to try to lean towards keeping them on that timetable. With that said, if Tyler McGill gets hurt and you only have four viable starters and Joey Lucchese and Jose Budo look awful, but Mike Vassell is throwing gem after gem and grapefruit league starts and looks great in bullpens in between, you might say, all right, well, he's got a four pitch mix. He was in AAA last year. We're going to have to add him to the 40 at some point this season. Let's go with Vassal instead of Lucchese or Buddha. That could happen. As we get into the conversation of the biggest risers in the system throughout the rest of the show today, Christian Scott is the one we're going to focus on in the next segment. He had a meteoric rise last year. And right now, if I had to pick one prospect in the Mets system who is the most MLB ready, I would lean towards Christian Scott, not Mike Vassal. The reason being, he has a great fastball and an amazing command of the strike zone. He is not going to walk a lot of guys. So if you have those two components, a good fastball, and you're not going to walk the world, I think throw him into the fire against big league competition. He might just shock you a little bit. Would the Mets go to that come opening day? I don't necessarily think so. Again, this is the guy that has turned himself into a guy that's widely considered the top pitching prospect in the system right now, you probably don't want to just impact his development in any way for the benefit of your MLB team in a year where the expectations are tempered anyway. It's not a team where you're calling on this guy on opening day just because you you might miss out on the playoffs in a World Series run because you didn't have that extra win or two in, in April. With that said, if he is showing against MLB hitters throughout this entire spring training that he's a dominant force that can actually get outs and he only has a certain amount of innings he can even throw this year, maybe it is wise to get those innings early and to put him in a big league rotation and see what happens. The Mets are going to have to be um, very careful with what they do here, but as much as they're going to say publicly that those top prospects are not really in consideration right now. When you consider what that competition really is for those back-end spots with Hauser, McGill, Lucchese, Budo, and what another injury could do to this rotation if it happens, 
there's definitely a non-zero chance that one of those guys ends up breaking camp with this team. Not likely, but could happen. And I want to talk about Christian Scott a little bit more because, again, his rise through this system was huge this past year. Um, really one of two prospects that we can hyper-focus on today as the biggest risers in the system. So we'll go through that in just a minute. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by Backblaze. Backblaze makes backing up and accessing your data astonishingly easy. With unlimited cloud backup for Macs, PCs, and businesses for $99 a year. You can access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using their web app or iOS or Android apps. You can also restore your hard drive by mail. Send them uh, your hard drive. They'll send it back within 30 days if you get a full refund if it is not restored. There's also one-year file retention and version history. There's over 55 billion files that have been restored for customers by Backblaze. If you want to try it out, visit backblaze.com slash LockedOnMLB so they know where you came from and you can continue to support the show. This is recommended by the New York Times, Inc. Magazine, Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, uh, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and more. Receive a fully featured no-risk trial at backblaze.com slash LockedOnMLB. Go there, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Start today, backblaze.com slash locked on MLB. Last year, Baseball America ranked Christian Scott as the number 26 prospect in the Mets system. This year, they have ranked him number six. It's a pretty huge rise for Scott. You look at the scouting report last year, they said Scott has the goods to become a quality big league reliever with a fastball slider mix that could get to plus. If he moves to the bullpen, he could pop on the MLB radar by 2024. This year, they said Scott's feel for strike sequencing and competitive makeup give him a pitchability edge that he has worked hard to refine in pro ball. He has number three starter upside and might not be far off from making his MLB debut. Now, if they say a prospect has number three starter upside, that is a really glowing review of a prospect because typically when you look at Baseball America or really any of you know the scouting websites, they're always going to temper things a little bit because that jump to the big leagues is a big one. So you see someone like Mike Vassell or Dominic Hamill, they'll say back-end starter, swing man, that, that's the upside. And you never know. Those guys could always exceed that. Number three upside, that's pretty massive because that's saying, no, he's not even just profiling to be a back-end starter. That means a good starting pitcher in the big leagues. And you know, Jordan Montgomery, for example, is a guy that you'd say right now is a number three but a high-end you know, first-tier division number three, a guy that can fill a need when a Kodai Senga-type guy goes down and pitch towards the top of rotation where you're not going to blink at it. So when they say number three starter upside, it's not to me saying, oh, he's going to be an ace, but it, it it's saying really they expect him to be a starting pitcher and a good one. And when you look at a farm system that has not produced much good starting pitching in some time, that's a huge revelation for just the overall state of this farm. It's one of the reasons why the Mets farm system is in a much better place now than it was a year ago because they have a guy in Christian Scott that has popped in this way. Why has he popped so much? Well, we've talked about it in the past. I did a show at the end of December 
where I broke down all the Mets' top pitching prospects and who was the most ready to go to the big leagues. And I did say in that episode that Scott is the most big league ready. I also broke down the pitch data on all those guys. So for Christian Scott, I'll summarize a little bit of what I talked about that. I don't have all the data in front of me like I did when I recorded that show. But basically, the fastball is MLB ready. Figuring out the other two pitches is what's going to decide when he's actually going to get up to the show. The slider did not play as well as some scouts are saying in these reports. They're saying, oh, his slider's there. Look at the pitch data. And again, I do encourage you to go back to that show because I had the numbers in front of me. But it wasn't competitive as much as it should be. Guys were able to lay off of it. He, he needs to get that pitch uh, more refined so that he can use it and, and use it for a strike, use it out of the zone, you know, be able to really have that distinction where he knows where it's going and can go to it in any count. I don't think he's there yet. And, and the changeup, uh, the data was a little bit better on, but that's what he has to work on. It's really refining the other pitches. But having an MLB fastball and not walking guys is a, a really important step to being a big league starter really the most important step. If you have a fastball that plays and you're going to throw that fastball 60% of the time, that's a really good place to be. He walked just 3.6% of batters he faced last year. Baseball America says that was the fourth, fourth best rate among minor league pitchers with at least 80 innings pitched. And his strikeout to walk rate of 28.4% was first among that threshold. So if you look at minor league pitchers with at least 80 innings, he, the best in all the minor leagues when it comes to strikeout to walk rate. He pitched to a 2.47 ERA in 12 starts in double A last year at 77 strikeouts in 66 innings with only eight walks. This year, I don't know if he goes back to double A to start the season, if he ends up in triple A to open things up. We'll see where the Mets ultimately put him. But if he starts off and once again, it is a low two ERA and He's striking out a lot of batters. He's not walking anyone. And they see those improvements needed in the slider and the changeup. He should be up in the big leagues. And honestly, if he shows that enough in camp, if he is wowing the coaches day in, day out, there is a world where Christian Scott breaks camp. I wouldn't put the odds of that pretty high. I'd say maybe a 5% chance just because I think when you have a, a guy that's the top pitching prospect in your system, you're always going to want to be a little more cautious instead of throwing them in just because you have a need. And they do have five guys right now outside of saying of being hurt that I would view as MLB quality starters. Now, the problem is I would say all of them are sort of back-end guys. Quintana, I would say, can still be a three on a good team. Severino has the upside to be more, the downside to be way worse. Manaya, maybe best circumstances of three. The point is their current rotation lacks the frontline potential. Christian Scott's a guy that you could throw into the fire and the stuff might play so well that he can mirror a frontline guy in his first five starts in the big leagues where no one's seen him before. And it's that element of surprise. And maybe that gets you through a part of the season where you desperately need an arm. So I can see a world where it does make sense to let Christian Scott pitch at the beginning of the season. Um, but I also think if they're watching him in camp and that slider's not all the way there yet and he still needs to work on the changeup, it does make sense to hold off on giving him MLB service time, put him in double A AA or triple A, have him continue to refine 
um, you know, his pitches. Also, you could kind of hold back his innings a little bit. And because last year he threw 87 and two thirds, that was about a 30 inning jump. Best case scenario this year, he's giving you 120 innings. I looked up Yuri Perez um, from last year just because I know he had a big innings jump. He went from 77 innings pitched in 2022 to 128 combined between the big leagues and the minor leagues. And the Mets were in a playoff, or excuse me, the Marlins were in a playoff push. So he probably threw more innings than they wanted him to. Um, They shut him down before the all-star break. They eventually brought him back, and he did – uh, struggle in his last couple of starts before they shut him down for the season where he just wasn't able to to go that long. He tired. So you have to take that in mind with Christian Scott. I, I would think that there's a, a better chance that we watch Christian Scott make starts in April than in September and October, so to speak. And the reason I said that is I just don't know if he's going to make it through the marathon um, in a big league rotation. Now, there's a world where they hold back his starts a little bit early on, or like the, the innings, I would say, earlier on in the season. Now, maybe they do. Now, maybe they do hold back his innings earlier in the season. And by the time he makes it up to the big leagues, he has enough in the tank to finish out the year. But to finish out the year and be ready for a potential playoff run. And again, we're talking playoffs, and the Mets don't have their eights for the first month of the season. So who knows if they even get there. But the point is, I wouldn't expect a full season of Christian Scott in the big leagues. I I would say with certainty, you're not going to get a full season. But if he has 120 innings in the tank, can 60 of those come at the big league level this year? I think so. And if you need him more early on, maybe you do call on him. And if you get to a point where he's great, you'd probably keep him up for a while. Then you'd shut him down in the middle of the season and, I don't know exactly what you do, or maybe you just ride out the 120 innings and shut them down. A lot of ways the Mets can go about it, but he is a prospect you should be supremely excited about right now. I think that is very clear. We're going to get into Jet Williams next because he's the other big riser in the system. I'm also going to go through just a bunch of names to watch this year um, and talk about one more guy as well that had a big rise this season in Tyler Stewart. So we're going to get to all of that in the next segment. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. You bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Also, we got MLB futures right now. So if you want to bet on Pete Alonso or Francisco Lindor to win the MVP, if you want to bet on the Mets to make the playoffs or Pete Alonso to hit the over on his home runs. You can find all of that over at FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Remember, $5 bet, you win that $150 in bonus bets guaranteed at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. I did mention Tyler Stewart at the end of last segment, so I just want to circle back on him. He was a big riser in the Mets system last year. He was unranked, um, was drafted in 2022, so that's part of it. But in his first full season, he pitched to a 2.20 ERA and 110 and two-third innings pitched. 
His ERA in high A was like one five five. He was leading the minor leagues in ERA for a long time when he was in high A, and even going into double A, and then he blew up a little bit a couple times down the stretch. But it's a six foot nine starting pitcher. Okay, you don't see a lot of guys that size. Um, and, and with that frame, there is some questions about how much he can control the strike zone. Uh, but he's an exciting prospect now. I mean, I don't know for sure he's going to pitch to a low twos ERA uh, again or in the big leagues one day. But he's nice depth of a starting pitcher in this system. And this is another big year for him. He's going to have pretty much the whole year in double A, I'd imagine. And if he puts up really good numbers again, he could be knocking on the door come 2025. But if you're looking at the Mets farm system and the biggest risers, there was two last year, and they were the pitcher and player of the year. It was Christian Scott when it comes to the pitchers, and it was Jet Williams for the hitters. He was ranked at number six by Baseball America going into last season. I had him at number six also in the Mets top 10. Mike Mayer of Metsmerize had him at number five. Now Baseball America has him number one. Mike Mayer of Metsmerize has him number two behind Drew Gilbert. Personally, I'm still trying to decide my top 10. It's between Jet and Drew Gilbert. Um, I'm leaning Jet, though, because his command of the strike zone is just insane. To walk at a 20% clip at 19 years old in high A and then put up some pretty good games when he got up to double A too. He's just a, a really fun player. Short King, five foot six, but man, the athleticism is there. The ability to be a really good base dealer, to be a great defender. Uh, he's just a, a ball player. And when you project out his future, we'll see what he does this year. I think by 2025, he's starting for the New York Mets. Now what position Still unclear. He's a shortstop right now. They're still going to play him there. They don't want him to lose that because you never know what happens. Um, he's also going to get some time in second base this year, and he's gotten some time in center field. They've sort of split him between short and center. That shows you the athleticism. I think if everything breaks the way the Mets want it to, or at least the way I would want it to break, I would say, I feel like having Jet in center field with Drew Gilbert and right Nimmo and left by 2025 is the ideal outfit for the Mets that you could have for the next six years. So that's where I would lean. Luis and Helicuna could be your second baseman. You also still have Jeff McNeil. So I, I feel like because he is so athletic, he can handle center. It'd be a waste to put him at second base, but he's going to get some time there because, Hey, if he's good at short, he's probably great at second and having him and Lindor up the middle, vacuuming everything up that is a good recipe for success and drew gilbert could be your center fielder and you still have marta under contract next year so there's a lot of things that come into play with these guys but jet williams a, a huge riser in the system he's now pretty much widely considered the top prospect in this system and i don't think that's going to change until he makes his debut now let's just go through some names to watch and i think i'm going to do a full show on this where i just go through the top 30 um even maybe beyond that and just kind of rapid fire through a bunch of guys that you can keep your eye on this season that could rise through um, this farm. But we'll start with Nolan McLean, who is number 15, according to baseball America right now in the system, two way guy has some DH, some pitcher. It's more about the arm at this point, I think for the Mets and we'll see how he translates. You know, it's early in his career. He's still going to be going through the lower levels of the system. I think, you know, Having a, a lot of time in Brooklyn this year is probably best case scenario for Nolan, but an arm to watch. And also the fact that he's a two-way player is just fun. Now, Brandon Sprout 
is a you know second round pick last year, so he's obviously highly regarded. The hope is that he can develop into a starting pitcher, but he's got the upside to be a closer in the big leagues, which is the stuff that he has. Number 11 right now by Baseball America. We're going to see him for the first time really getting a full go in the minor leagues. So definitely a name to circle um, and to watch really closely this year. Along the same lines, you have Colin Houck, the Mets' first-round draft pick last year. Remember, he's the guy that was the two-way star um, in high school with being a quarterback as well as a shortstop. He's probably going to be the starting shortstop in Port St. Lucie, and there's a lot of guys that are going to be playing that position on that team. Uh, But Houck is, of course, a guy you want to watch closely because he's sort of in a similar position that Jet Williams was at the beginning of last year, and Jet ended up in double-A. Not to say that's going to happen with Houck, but he's a, a guy that, if he pops, the Mets obviously love his upside and maybe a little more power potential with Hauk than Jet. A couple more. I just mentioned the shortstop, so we'll just rapid fire through them real quick. You have Jesus Baez, Jeremy Rodriguez, and Marco Vargas. That's 17 through 19 in that order by Baseball America. Um, Jesus Baez is a guy the Mets signed. Jeremy Rodriguez was acquired in the Tommy Pham trade. Marco Vargas acquired in the David Robertson trade. These are guys that were in the FCL last year, the Complex League. Um, we'll see what they do in St. Lucie across this year. I don't know how they're going to mix playing time for all those guys. They're probably going to start playing different positions. It'll be fun to see how the Mets make it all work, but those are definitely names to watch if they are shortstop prospects. They're always kind of shortstops until you tell them that you're not a shortstop anymore, but that shows you the type of ball player potential these guys are, that they're currently shortstops, and we'll just see who hits the best and has the best season, but uh, I think with three guys that are sort of a, fit, a similar, um, you know, standing and, and profile as far as these toolsy, see if they pop type prospects, you got a good chance of at least one of them being a guy that's going to shoot up and be a top 10 prospect in the system this year. Some had Marco Vargas in the top 10 after the trade last year. Got a lot of really, really good reviews from scouts when the Mets made that deal. One last name to mention, Jacob Raymer. Uh, 20 years old, had a 412 on base percentage in 75 games in Port St. Lucie last year. Really nice season. He's young. The Mets signed him over slot um, or paid him over slot after they drafted him in the fourth round. Don't quote me on that round, but he was a little bit later on when it came to where he was drafted, but was paid certainly more than that with his signing bonus uh, to forego college and come to the Mets. And really good first year, ended up in Brooklyn for 25 games. That's where we're going to see him this year. He struggled, but still took his walks in Brooklyn. So that shows you a good command of the strike zone. It's a third base prospect, might be a little bit of third base, second base, but a really good eye at the plate. Um, We'll see what he does this year, but he's definitely another name to watch. Top 20 prospect in the system who could pop this season. Like I said, we'll do this on another show where I can give you a little more information on those guys and some other ones throughout the farm system. Um, so keep an eye out for that. We'll, we'll do that show at some point in the coming weeks before we get to opening day, not only for the big leagues, but for minor league baseball. Um, should be a lot of fun to see how this system continues to evolve this year, especially with the amount of resources that are being poured into it. If they could have one thing that works out for them this year, it's the farm system having great growth. Th- that's what the Mets want. They want to be a sustainable winner. And it all begins on that farm. So we'll be making sure that we cover a lot of it on this show because it is so important to this franchise moving forward. 
Anyway, that's going to be all for today on Locked On Mets for this week on Locked On Mets. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, if you're on listening on the audio side, follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We're trying to make a push to 8,000 subs by opening day. So I appreciate all of you who subscribe. Follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second watch, head over to Locked On Sports Today, which is the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, covering everything in the world of sports with our local experts from each team and our league-wide experts from each league. You find Locked On Sports Today streaming 24-7 on YouTube.